Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. Pick it, pick it. We've done that thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they sink sardines. This is Richard Key. And this is Andrew Mullen Gray. Who was for a moment, sleeping. Who? You. You didn't pick up there as quickly as I was expecting that you might. Well, I'm 3,000 miles away, so maybe it took a bit of time to reach me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we better explain. Andy and I are separated, but still together. But yeah. um, by miles, 3,500 this week. Um, thank you for your company. Um, uh, thank you for your comments regarding the podcast. Uh, please keep them coming. The more positive, the better. It makes us feel, obviously, an awful mm. lot better than if we're reading those that um, tend oh, yes. to... Uh, well, I'll let you read them, <laughs> and I'll read the nice things. ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do appreciate that all sorts and plenty of you across the planet are listening, certainly in Europe and the UK, where, as I said last week, a lot of you are enduring some really difficult times yeah. at the moment during lockdown. Um, plenty of lives being disrupted. Football in a small way offers some light relief yeah. and a distraction. And I hope that these podcasts do as well. So we better explain, Andy. Um, I'm back in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy is continuing to fly the Qatari flag for being sport yep. uh, at base. Uh, uh, how's the weather? Uh, sun's out, 32 degrees, quite balmy. <laughs> so it's good, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, lovely. Lovely, Richard. This actually reminds me of many a happy Friday at Talk Sport um, when we were separated. It, it, oh, yeah. I, I, I think it's become more, <laughs> talking of lockdown, it's become more, more commonplace that broadcasters <laughs> are working from home, obviously. Mm. Um, but uh, it, it was it was something I became very proud of. It was seamless on a Friday. <laughs> your your week, Andy, uh, was what from Monday morning? How, how did it unfold? Well, I, I would I would do the show uh, with you. I think was it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 
Thursday, I think, I would stay down. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'd stay down. Thursday, yeah. after the show on Thursday, I'd go home. And we had eventually managed to get me, what was that machine called they put in your house? Uh, I can't remember. One of those little radio machines. I can't, I, can't, I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, it enabled me to broadcast from, from my home in the Midlands. So <laughs> it meant that I could have Friday off, so I would have Friday, Saturday, Sunday as a weekend, which was lovely. But I will let you continue yeah, nice. the story. <laughs> <laughs> Around about quarter past 11, mm -hmm. quarter past 12, quarter past 12, we were on 10 till 1, weren't we? Quarter mm -hmm. past 12, on a Friday, we had the book club. And it was, I, I, it was, well, it's a pretty simple idea. Promote the best sports books that were on the market mm -hmm. during that period of time, um, which I would spend myself um, plowing through uh, yeah. Monday to Thursday. And I wouldn't. Uh, occasionally, 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 Andy would show <laughs> a fleeting interest. <laughs> <laughs> come the Friday. Come the Friday at quarter past 12, when our guest was with us to discuss said book, you could hear, <laughs> which, which was Andy taking off his headphones and microphone, going to the kitchen to listen to the show for yes. 45 minutes yes. before returning to say, thank you very much. That, that was been fascinating. Great really enjoyed it today. <laughs> well, yes. Well, I had no idea what you were going to be talking about, so I just thought I'd go have a cup of tea and listen in the kitchen. It's very, it's very <laughs> so from that point, for 45 minutes, I was flying solo. Yeah. The reason I suppose these stories come to mind, Andy, is our guest today is yeah. Stan Matterface, yeah. who um, has, has recently taken over as a lead commentator at ITV, lead football commentator at ITV. I mean, a, a, a thoroughly nice guy. And yeah. if anybody deserved that opportunity, he does. We had two fabulous years with him, didn't we? Yeah, and a workaholic. I mean, determination and ambitious. All the things that you want in somebody like that. Plus, as you say, he's an extremely top guy as well. Nice, nice lad. Really good lad. Uh, we had some. We had two years with him. Yeah, I did a lot of games with him throughout Europe um, when we got to know Sam very well. So we're both absolutely delighted at his promotion. Uh, and it's thoroughly deserved, I have to say. Yeah, I, I mean, determined is correct. Mm. And, uh, we'll we'll come back to that a little later. But it, 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 again, you know, going back over my last twenty four hours, thinking about the podcast this week, I, I uh, the, the radio, as you know, I, I and I'm sure we'll get around to discussing this with Sam. It's, it's something I've always mm. thoroughly enjoyed. There's yeah, so yes. many good stories from down the years. I was I was thinking about I don't know why, but when thinking about Sam, my mind wandered to Kevin Keegan. Really. Um, and, and the, re the reason for that was when I was working in Liverpool at Radio City, uh -huh. just down the same road was Radio Merseyside, um, both competing in a, in a terrific part of the world, mm. sport and football particularly. Uh, Eddie Hemmings was at Radio Merseyside. Other, other greats had come from Merseyside, Alan Parry mm. amongst them. Radio City gave us Elton Wells, Big Clive Tilsley. Uh, I mean, it was a really good breeding ground. But um, a young before I got to Merseyside, uh, the, 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 both stations were always nip and tuck over talent and creating shows. Radio City had Mac and Tosh, mm. which was Duncan McKenzie yeah. and Ian, uh, Ian and Tom Tosher. <laughs> yeah. so, and it went down really well, really good show. So Merseyside are thinking, we need something to rival this. So a young Kevin Keegan turns up from Scunthorpe and uh, both are pitching. Um, Radio Merseyside pitch didn't necessarily go as they'd planned. They had a guy called Bob Azurdia. Eddie Hemmings told me this story <laughs> many years <laughs> later. Bob Azurdia, 
um, an afternoon host whose task it was to sit down with Kevin, make him feel welcome, sell the radio station, <laughs> and get him to sign for Radio Moses. <laughs> well, Bob, Bob's timekeeping was a problem anyway, always was. So Kevin turns up on time, young man looking to impress. Bob keeps him waiting 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes. Then he eventually comes out of his office, looks at Kevin and says, right, son, sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I take it Kevin joined the Kevin other crew looked at him. Well, Kevin, Kevin apparently looked at him and went really <laughs> he, he didn't work for Radio Mode he didn't <laughs> he did not so. uh, Oh, but there are so many stories from down the years Can I, let me ask you just quickly <clears throat> let me ask you Richard before we talk to Sam do you still think that you know uh, it was always looked at that television commentary was the, the pinnacle, yeah? It was, yeah? it was it was regarded as more yeah, than so, radio, yeah? Everybody, yeah? everybody wanted to yeah. Yeah, surf so do you think, do you think the radio that, and go on television. Yeah, do you think the road to that is still what you did when you were a kid? What Sam, who we're about no, to talk I to, don't. did? You know, you start at no, almost I, I like it, hospital radio and then you get a, a, a job in uh, radio and then you get a commentary and mm. then you get this and then if you're any good, you go to TV. Do you think people learn their trade now doing that, or has that stopped? No, I think it's gone, Andy. I think it's, yeah. it's, it, 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 it's not easy to broadcast, but there are so many opportunities mm. to be able to broadcast. And I, I, I always think back on, 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 on um, what Frank Boff used to say about TV presentation, and, and it, it's still true to this day that, that uh, if, if you can read auto cue, you'll, 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 you'll make it. If you can't, you, you, you never will. <laughs> I, I, I think for, for, for a news broadcaster, a studio-based yeah. anchor, that, that remains the case mm -hmm. to a large degree. Um, but in, in radio now, you can, you, you, can, you can pick a microphone. I mean, look at Arsenal fan TV. and mm. There are so many ways now that you can, you can find a way through. Yeah. I, I think you still probably need the, ch the shop window of a talk sport yeah. or five live. Um, but but these days the boys can flip flop, you, you know, yeah. and it's something again I want to talk to Sam about. You can you can go through the two disciplines. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you, you I, I, when we when we were working on the radio, I, I don't know if you found it necessarily as comfortable as as you appeared to make it. Did you find it different picking up a, a radio mic? Well, it was different in the case that whereas um, you. you Try to when I always thought in television you enhance the picture, so you need far fewer words, in my opinion. Whereas I always thought if I was commentating on a, a replay, for instance, on television, the pictures are there, so I didn't need to say that you know the ball just outside the 18 yard box coming in from the right, that sort of thing. You're almost would I be right in thinking you're almost mm. trying to paint pictures on radio, whereas you don't have to on television. So I, yeah, I felt like that, I always felt using more words on radio. Uh, certainly than he would ever do in television. I think television is a pictures industry. You don't need to talk over the pictures incessantly, I feel. And I think maybe too many do in this modern day. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think that's probably because they don't stop to work out which particular mm. medium it is that they're actually working on. It's, it's, it's so tempting when you've done radio to take that same yeah. enthusiasm in front of a, a football match to work for television, but but just take a breath mm -hmm. is, is, is the well, best advice. By the way, good advice. And let's you, take you a breath. Let's take a breath and introduce our guest. Then should we? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good idea. Yeah. 
it. We will continue this conversation. Our guest this week, as I said, somebody that we, um, we're very pleased to have been able to work with and introduce. Our guest is ITV's lead football commentator, Sam what? Matterface. Hold on, lead, did you uh, say? Former. Richard, did you say lead? I did, Andrew, yes. When, when did that lead. happen? I must have missed uh, something. I thought he was number two. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sam, how are you doing? Sam, how are you doing? Uh, I've just found out. Sorry, thanks. <laughs> well, congratulations, young man. <laughs> how are we? Okay. Now, what, yeah, what gives me so much pleasure, Sam, is that it, it, it's something that I I said to Andy many years ago when you gambled, you left Sky Sports News for a, what was perceived by many, I think, as a backward step from television to radio. I, I don't hold with that theory. I think radio is a wonderful, wonderful medium. But I thought then that, that was a gamble. And it said to me, I am determined. I am going to do this. And, and having spent time with you at TalkSport, as I say, it's an absolute pleasure to be able to call you lead commentator at ITV. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it has to have worked out better than maybe even you thought it might. Uh, when I left Sky, I didn't even think about um, doing this job. I must admit, I, I, my, I, my goal was to go to football matches on a regular basis and try and maybe even go back to Sky. So the idea was to sort of step back to go forward, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't really think about doing this job. I, 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 it was only after about, I, I'd only been on the radio doing commentary again for about a year when Niall Sloan had sort of indicated that he'd like me to go over and do a few bits for, for ITV, that really I, I started to sort of think that possibly I could sort of dovetail the two, do a bit of radio during the during the, uh, the the Premier League season, and then some other bits and pieces with ITV, and that sort of just happened really. Um, but I didn't really ever think about doing this job, not for many years. But it's an absolute pleasure, I must admit. What gives you What gives you more pleasure than Sam for us? I mean, Richard t- touched on it, and it's a, it's one radio, television. Richard's always said to me, adores radio. There's something about it that he, he thinks there's a freedom about radio that we don't have in television many times. So have you mm. a preference, one or the other? I, I I am with Richard in that I love radio. I am a very um, I'm a very geeky radio <laughs> admirer. It's, it's one of the things that I grew up with. It's what I got into, first of all. Um, but television certainly has given me something completely different. I, I've i learned so much being involved in television, and not just sports television as well. I've been lucky enough to be involved in an entertainment program in the UK. Um, yes, we're, of, we're coming to that later. <laughs> which, which, is, which has taught me, taught me even more about television production. Obviously, I, I've worked in television with Sky before. I've done lots of Sky News. I've done other programs too. And... and, and I think the more you do, the more you learn. And I try to work almost every other day, if not every day, um, on some broadcast. And, and the more you sort of get to do, I think the more you pick up, the more you sort of innovate, the more you try to sort of change. And yeah, I, I, I've, I've learned so much more from television. I think radio is almost like a little hobby for me, really. It, I, I take it incredibly seriously. I work just as hard for every game, no matter if I'm doing a highlight game. 
uh, a radio game, a live football match, a tournament game. But um, radio is, yeah, if you said to me, what were you doing? What would you like to do this Saturday afternoon? Some people would like to go down the pub and watch the TV. I'd probably like to go to the match and commentate on the radio. Yeah, he's definitely changing, <laughs> Richard. He's on that road. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, before we started, I said to Andy, commentators are uniquely different. They are a breed apart mm. when it comes to our business. Sam isn't yet. Mm. Uh, what what are the for the uninitiated Sam? What are the differences between a radio commentary and a TV commentary for you? Well, um, Andy and yourself helped me with that. Um, I, I I took from you guys. Loads of tips. Andy was very good with me about when to talk and when not to talk in that regard. Um, I think you obviously talk less, but I think your job is to annotate pictures Mm -hmm. and provide context to what's happening rather than obviously describe what's happening. On on radio, you very much are the camera uh, as well as the voice. You're both the two things. So you're trying to bring people a flavor. Listen, you can't describe every single kick of a football and you can't describe every single action on the sideline. But what you have to do, I think, on radio is bring a flavor of the event. On television, you're you're an addition to the event. You can't get in the way of the event. Um, I remember Andy telling me many moons ago, don't do loads of research and then try and cram it all in. Uh, just, just a bit irrelevant, done. <laughs> Did I say that? Did I really? <laughs> yeah. I think when you said son, sounded like way, me. <laughs> He is our son, Andy. Yes. He's young enough to be our son. Yes, yes. But he's right. You don't know. No, no, no. I mean, I, I enjoyed listening to the two of you in that two-year period we worked together. It was different. I think, Andy, you you, you got a grasp of how different radio was. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Sam. The pictures only need to be tickled in a way, don't they? Yeah, uh, and that's something that I think I'm always learning for and striving for, really, because the transition I do is, is that I'll work on radio on Saturday and Sunday, Tuesday night, I'll be doing television. Uh, Wednesday night, maybe television. Then Saturday, I'll be doing radio again. So it's quite sort of, it's nonstop in terms of going from one medium to the other. I tried to do this thing where I did, I did a game actually last night, the Belgium game um, for television, international television. And I think one of the reasons I do that as often as I do is because I like to get myself into a television mode before I do one of the big live games, which (laughs) we're doing tonight. Because it is, it is different, as you say. It's yes. completely different. You, and shutting up is one of my biggest problems. Yes, I remember telling you <laughs> that many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't when you're on the radio. You no. have to. And I think that's maybe a mistake a lot make these days. Is that in, in, Go back to when I started. Heaven forbid. I mean, radio had just been invented. Yes. Um, but but there, were, <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were radio commentators and there were TV commentators, and, and you didn't get mixed up at all. Radio television was a huge leg up in those, Alan Parry being a great example. Um, but, but mixing the two, Sam, you have to retain a real discipline, surely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's something that you have to sort of go through a process. This is what I'm doing today, and this is where I am. I think I, I, I although I do the same level of work for both, I put my work in a slightly, I present my work in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm doing television. And I do that because it's, uh, it helps me get into the television mode. I, I work with Lee Dixon now on the England games and I present him with 
the work I've done for the players so that he knows what I'm going to say. And I do that during the day. So he sees it. I see it. We talk about it. We discuss it. He doesn't tread on my toes. I don't tread on his, but it, it, it's almost like a, this is where we're at today. Reset now, make sure you're, you're in the right mode because when you're at a football match, and especially when you're getting excited or you're enjoying what you're doing, look, that's one of the biggest things for me. I just love being there. And I feel, especially at the moment, so privileged to be inside the, the stadiums when so many people can't be that you, you, you sometimes can get carried away with where you are. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing now. I mean, especially me, I'm a very excitable person, as you both know. Um, and and the idea of sort of retaining that level of sort of like, mate, I, this is where I am. Just, you know, co- co- try and concentrate on what you're doing. Now, that's something that's come to me later. As I got older, and obviously, as you've already mentioned, a lot weirder. But you find, Sam, that sometimes, I always kind of find that, that... <laughs> Uh, you plan all that, you write all your stuff down, you have your notes, you have everything that you think you might want to see in a game. But when that whistle blows, all there is out there is a blank canvas. We don't know what we're about to see. We don't know what's going to make us excited. We don't know what incidents are going to make you talk about something. So do you find that a, a lot of the time, if the game is up there in the highest echelons, that your notes are actually just therefore an emergency and the game takes care of itself and you're actually talking of unplanned and not planned speech. Oh, if you, um, if, if we're completely honest about it, by the time you finish your 90 minutes mm-hmm. of most games, you look back and think, I've wasted three days yeah. preparing for that. That means, it was a, that means it was a good game then. <laughs> I did a game with Andy Townsend the other night. We did uh, Manchester United uh, PSG a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Andy Townsend and I. And I did, I, I, I prepared so much, you know, I'd uh, got everything together. And then, and then uh, uh, the game had gone by so quickly. I looked down and I was still on the first page of my notes. I hadn't even got to the part where... You know, we we turn the page and start looking towards the Good. second half, and that's the sign of a great game. Yes. I'd rather be in a situation yeah. where you had uh, thrown away all the stuff that you've done before. It's just there, just in case you need it. A lot of the the process of research, and you know, this is a sad conversation, really, but a lot of the process of research is it's almost like revision for an exam. I always think, yeah, you know, that you go through the process of doing the notes because you want it to go into the brain, so it's there almost immediately if you need yeah. you don't need to look down and, and, and see the notes really I mean most of it most of it's in the brain that's why I write it out probably a couple of times is it different yeah, I'm, when I'm, you, I'm absolutely yeah. right is it different when you commentate on the team you support and we won't tell anybody that you support Chelsea so we'll leave that out but is it different <laughs> when you commentate on a team you have an, an affection for no, not really. No, not at all. I, I, because as much as, as much as you, as much as it is probably before and after, and especially yeah. after, I, yeah. think you, I think you can be. I think after you and I both know this because we did the Champions League final yes. together in 2012. Mm-hmm. So afterwards, you can definitely enjoy the victory. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but um, no, um, I think when you're doing a job, you're a professional. Mm. It's your job to go out there and convey what's happening, and there's no point. And Correct. if I thought for one second that I came across slightly uh, more uh, favourable towards any team, I would be um, I'd be disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. I, w- I, I wouldn't allow that to happen. No. The only occasion when that does happen, and probably happens more often to me now than than before, is is that you have a little bent towards England. Yes, 
Um, and I don't think that it would I think that's allowed, be, Sam. I think that's acceptable. I don't think it would be considered biased, because I think that would be wrong. You still have to give a, a fair yeah. representation of what's going on. But I think you can enjoy the fact that yes. England are successful well, you can, you when they could. are. And I you not so much me, but you yeah, definitely yeah. could, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you can, and you can lament their failures as well, which I think is, which is important because you have to be in tune with your audience. And that's another thing, you know, about radio and television. It's a different, completely different audience. And, you know, we have a very different audience because we're a, a terrestrial TV channel, which mm. is a mainstream, much-watched station in, in in the UK. So tonight, when we do the Ireland game, I mean, we're talking probably 10 million viewers tonight, which is a lot for an international friendly. Mm. But because people are in the circumstances in this country that they are, that they can't go out, and it is... It's not the. It's, it's certainly not the only game in town tonight, uh, Andy. That's for sure. That but it's the sure. only game. I'm that's, afraid uh... I won't be listening to your dulcet <laughs> tones tonight, Samuel. As you know, my attention will be <laughs> elsewhere in Europe. <laughs> I thought it might be. Well, for, for the first fifteen minutes, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> if those numbers, Sam, are extraordinary, I mean, I, I, again. Uh, relating back to our own personal experience, it, it's only in the last seven, eight years that we've started working to, to numbers like that or anything like that. Um, do, do, do you find that daunting when you talk about 10 million viewers? Uh, not anymore because <laughs> I, oh, I've done it now. For, oh, I've been doing ITV for nine years, but I've been doing those big games not this big game, not the, not the England games, but I've been doing World Cup games, which regularly probably got more than that. I did a Brazil game in 2014. I got 12 million viewers, hmm. things like that. So you, I, I've, I've been through that process before and it, it was daunting. I think I, I learned two things. One, you can't please everybody. And two, True. don't turn on Twitter. <laughs> I, would I would agree wholeheartedly. That that brings me to my next question. You are prolific across all all sorts of different mediums. Mm. How do you find the time? I do a lot less actually now than I think I did before. Um, I it, I think I was listening to a podcast last night actually, in which someone was saying, you know, it takes up too much time, and I found that I found it was taking up too much of my time, and it was putting me under especially we have a program that we do on a Saturday where it's incredibly busy. It's a fast paced radio program. It's on for two hours before a game starts. And it, there isn't enough, there is just isn't enough time to do it all. Luckily we have a, a guy now who comes around and does some social media with us. And we sort of, they, they do the bulk of the work for us and, and it, it goes out on the, on the talk sport channel rather than, mm. than our own channels. And we just retweet it and stuff like that. So that makes it a little bit easier, but, no, I haven't really done much around the England experience uh, since uh, since taking the job. So it's um, yeah, I, I think it's important to sort of show people what you're doing, and people like it. I mean, we have. I did this thing more importantly than any of the sort of like this is where we are and this is what we're doing and this is the work we've done. More importantly, the social media, especially in the last couple of months, has been about talking to people that need to talk to someone. So, uh, especially on uh, when we've been on the radio during the lockdown period, uh, I've been doing a show with Andy Cole and um, uh, Perry Groves. And, we, and one of the things we talked about a lot is about people being lonely and being on their own and reaching mm. out to people and offering people the chance to chat. So I've, I, 
I've sort of said to people, look, my Instagram's open. If you want, it might take me a while to get to you, but if you want to chat and you need to talk, then please get involved. And actually, that's been much... That's been, I think sometimes with social media, I look at it and I think, oh, why on earth are we bothering doing this? But actually, there's a couple of guys who I spoke to last week and I thought, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Okay. That's brilliant, Sam. Mm. That, that, that really is terrific. Um, listen, I, I, I had a little nibble at Clive when, when, when the change was made because a I was disappointed. Nibble. A little nibble? <laughs> well, it, it, it was a little nibble, Andy. I, I mean, you know, my, my loyalties were. were torn because obviously I've known Clive and, and, and grew up with Clive but I just wanted him to be far more gracious and welcoming of Sam please tell me that he did ultimately privately say good luck son he did on the morning of the game uh, going to uh, the first international he did yeah he reached out to me and Dicko and he said to us you know uh, good luck tonight enjoy it and uh, you know I think a lot is made of the transition I, I think First of all, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant commentator. He's oh, great he's to listen to. Yeah, yeah. And over yeah. the years, he's done a he's done a terrific job, and he'll continue to do that. And I still work with him on a weekly basis. Remember at Talk Sport, so and he's still going to be part of the ITV family. So I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, it was a change that's probably made in fast forward because of the the pandemic more than anything else. So, but look, look, we, we we're, we're all trying to do the same job, and we're all trying to. Uh, bring the best coverage of football and I'm sure he'll be a big part of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I, I concur. He was when he was on the radio, um and, and he knew what he wanted. He, unlike you, he knew what he wanted and was prepared to wait and, and, and his timing was, was was perfection really. Um on the radio, the best for me, still the best. He yeah. he was sensational. And and he took that talent into television. I mean the night of the Manchester United yeah. uh, game in Barcelona. Wow. United will score they always score 1-1 yeah. <laughs> he tells I mean, a great story yeah, about yeah, where yeah. that came from actually he tells a great story about where that came from it came from he was driving home from a match at the weekend and he heard something on uh, on I think it was Radio 5 Live at the time Mark Lawrence had, had came, said something about Manchester United and he said yeah but they always score <laughs> and he thought to himself at that point he thought oh I might need that mm. Uh, and he just put it in the back of his mind, and then obviously in the last minute he just recalled it and brought brought it out, which is great, you know. And that's another thing about commentators. A lot of people think we just turn up and get there at ninety minutes, you know, get there for the ninety minutes, and that's it. But most of our time is actually spent listening, watching, reading, watching more, and 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 it's just something will happen during the course of that build-up period, and you'll just mm-hmm. think, oh, hold on a second, I need to retain that piece of information so that it's. It's there when I need it. Two things, Sam. Have you have had you, your... Go on, sorry, go on, Richard. Go on, Andy. Have you had your... Uh, what can I say? They think it's all over. It is now. Uh, Tyler with Aguero winning the title. Clive with his... Andy, you, can I just... Andy, yes. sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. Um, we're three and a half thousand miles apart. And that's exactly what I was about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that extraordinary? It's that So have you had that moment oh, yet? Sure. If you have, when no, was hasn't. it? If you haven't, are you waiting for it expectantly? Um, no, I, I haven't had it yet. I've, I've had some terrible <laughs> moments in which um, I, I also, I also was was, was uh, present at the, uh, the the Aguero moment. Only mine wasn't as good. In fact, Richard asked me the day afterwards what I thought of it. I told him. 
with an expletive that I thought it wasn't very good. And he said to me, correct, and walked off. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. But I, I, I've, had some, I've, had, I've had one a one good moment for which uh, I did in radio many years ago. It wasn't necessarily a great moment of commentary, but it was... Uh, it was a great moment to be involved in with Pedro Mendes scoring for Portsmouth against Manchester City. And it sort of, yeah, yeah. sort of called the imagination in Portsmouth at the time. And um, it, it was the, I called it at the time, it was the moment where the great escape would be on. And it was March. And it was really early to say that. And I thought, oh God, I hope it happens now. And it did. So I sort of, I get sort of associated with that um, quite a lot. But no, you know, look, you, you can't, you can't manufacture moments. No, moments happen or they don't. No. At the end of the day, they, you know, if England win the European Championships at Wembley and someone scores a terrific winner in the last mm-hmm. minute and I say something which is yeah. at least relevant, I'll be happy. Yeah. In fact, if that happens and I get the goal scorer right, I'll be <laughs> delighted. So, <laughs> you see, rolling everything into one that you just said about allegiances and, and distancing yourself from what you're watching because you're working Andy's moment, not Tekabusan, Andy's moment is what a hit done, what a hit. And, and of course, yeah. that was Gerard's goal yeah. in a European Cup tie yeah, that saw them eventually go all the way to win it. So <laughs> you, you, you can't... You can't choose when and where, but there will be something, and that's mm. what I was going to say. I, you know, do you sit quietly and think, well, where, you know, where, where will that come? <laughs> because it will, Sam. There'll, there'll be something somewhere at some point that that uh, everybody remembers you for. Yeah. Well, either, either that, or you'll say something stupid, which is probably the thing I want to avoid the most. But you know, no, uh, we've, all done, more than we've just all done that. We've all done that. Andy had more than just one, though, didn't he? I mean, I, I, I must admit, during the first lockdown, I watched a lot of the Premier League years documentaries. And crikey, you boys back then. I mean, I was talking to Darkie about it as well, Ian Dark, and, he, you know, he was saying, you know, how much, how much great football we've forgotten about. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, amazing. I watched it yeah. a lot too, Sam. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that, that is true. I mean, it was, it was an extraordinary time. Listen, um, we can't take up all of your time, as enjoyable as this has been, but before you go, can you please explain to me why you put almond milk in tea? Uh, I'm lactose intolerant, so I need to have an alternative. Ah, <laughs> I mean, OK, well, you've got... You've got, no, <laughs> you've got an, <laughs> I couldn't imagine putting... Almond milk in tea. I, I, I mean, I well, like I've a cup of tea, but no. I've got news for you. My missus puts almond milk in a coffee. She's lactose yeah, intolerant milk as well. Yeah. She's exactly the same as Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. I'd rather have it without almond milk. Sometimes all day, I won't have soya, so it's almond or, or it's black coffee, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely am getting weirder, you're right. That's the, that's the commentary. <laughs> Sam, it's been brilliant to catch brilliant, up. Sam. We do wish you genuinely all the very, very best, not just tonight, next week or the next month. Um, keep it going because you are a thoroughly decent guy. Absolutely. And, and I'm chuffed a bit that it's going as well for yeah, you. Yeah, I love you a bit, Sam. Thanks, Thanks for that. Thanks, gents. I appreciate it. I concur, Mr. Gray. Thanks, Sam.
Uh, once again, Sam McAfee, and, and many, many thanks. Good luck, Sam. Uh, in terms of timing, we, we, we should point out that we, we're talking Thursday. We normally mm. record these Friday, Andy, but um, because I'll be travelling tomorrow, this is Thursday, the evening of big games in the international arena, mm. not least for Scotland. Uh, you'll be listening to this from Saturday onwards, but I mean, fingers crossed for Steve Clark and everybody connected. What is it, 23 years? Uh, it will uh, be 23 if we qualify because it'll be next year, obviously. But 20, 1998 World Cup in, in France, Richard, last major tournament that uh, the Tartan Army uh, advanced towards in its thousands. So long overdue. Uh, my fingers and everything else are crossed. Um, it isn't going to be easy. I, I, you know, we're, we've got some very, very good players, but we still lack a genuine international quality in certain places. But I'm hoping the collective uh, can overcome that. And by hook or by crook, and I honestly mean this, Richard, I actually don't care how we get through. I really, really don't. I don't care if we play rubbish and get battered for 89 minutes and nick a goal in the last minute. I just want us to get there. And then we can, you know, wonder about how we're going to do when we are. I don't want us to play great, play out our skin and, and get beat 1-0 in the last minute. I don't. I'd rather no, the opposite. No, no. I'd rather the opposite. So I, I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I think it'll be tough. You know, away from home in Serbia, decent team, some decent players. Um, and I, I just think, you know, I, I think they've got some COVID problems and one or two of the players might not be available. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I hope, I think we've got a clean bill of health I think apart from Ryan Fraser, pretty much everyone what, is ready. What, why has it been? Why has it been so long, Andy? Why? 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 Twenty-two, twenty-three years. Um, it's a difficult one to answer, Richard. When I was there in '98, watching the team play in France, um, in fact, working for Talk Sport of all <laughs> of all things, um, I, I I never believed that in 2020 I'd be sitting talking to you and reflecting on 22 years of of failure. And that's what it has been, failure. I don't know, various reasons, maybe things haven't gone away, we've got difficult groups. But genuinely, I, I believe that uh, the overall quality of the footballer that we have, we had back then, 98, pre-90s, you know, I look back to my time. I mean, the, the players that we had, the Sunez, the Leash, you know, go back to Dennis Laws oh. and all that, you know. We don't have them now, Richard, with the greatest respect to the guys that are there. We've got some, I think we've got some terrific midfield players. And we've got two of the best left-backs in, in the country in Tierney and Andrew Robertson. We've got fantastic midfield players in John McGinn, who's playing Premier League football. Scott McTominay, who's playing Premier League football. You know, we've got top players, Celtic players, uh, who are playing top football. So we've got some really good players, but in, in one area. You know, I look at the front line mm. and I think, wow, the young boy Dykes from, from, from uh, uh, QPR, is that going to be the, the saviour? I don't know. You know, others have got poor records at international level. Um, Ollie McBurney struggling for goals in the Premier League, struggling for goals it's for Scotland. But I just want one of them to come up with the goods on Thursday night or to have come up with the goods on Thursday night. And by the time people are listening to this, Scotland will have qualified. But, you know, we need to get better quality in certain areas. At the front end and in set, at centre-back, I think we're, we're struggling a little bit, a little bit. So... Um, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking, Andy, down the years, Dalglish, Gray, mm. Archibald, Brazil, Jordan. Listen, I go uh, McCoyst, Morris Johnson, oh, you know, 96. McCoyst, wow. I mean, there, there's your, you asked me why, 96. Yeah. There you go. I'm, 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 at, I'm not dropping name, but I'm at Villa Park, 1996, watching Scotland play Switzerland. 
right? And we and we Rod Stewart, Roderick, I mean, we about he's he called, he says, Can we go to the game? I said, Yeah, no problem. We go into the game, and all game Rod's sitting there beside me because England were playing Holland, I think you remember, on the same night. And if England won four mm-hmm. 0 or something, we went through if we won, because the Dutch goal difference. So at one time it's one nil England, two nil England. I think it went that way, three nil England. And Rod said, What does that mean? What does that mean? He says, We're through, we're through. As long as the Dutch don't score, we're through. And then, of course, I think it was Patrick Clivert when England were four nil up, nicked a goal from nowhere. And all of a sudden, the, the euphoria and, and fell apart yeah. that night. Just it was like somebody bar- uh, put a pin in a, in a balloon, Richard, and just extinguished all the yeah. air from it. It was dreadful. And that's what I mean. Sometimes we've been unlucky. Because that was, a, that was a decent team that Ali played in then. And Ali scored the winner that night. You won't forgive me if I don't mention that Koyce got the winner in a 1-0 at, at uh, Villa Park. But we went out because the Dutch scored a late goal against England at Wembley. So we've had days like that. But genuinely, we, we, we lack goal scorers. And we have for some time. Kenny Miller, probably the last two regularly, was getting goals at the top end. But Kenny's now way into his 30s. We can't keep going back to Kenny. Well, listen, whatever else happens, Andy, I, I, I genuinely wish Scotland all the luck in the world. My great-great-grandmother, uh, who was born in St Andrews, yes. will be watching somewhere and be everybody's excited. And if you're going to get born in Scotland, where better than St Andrews, really? Uh, Trump Chapel, Glasgow isn't a bad place, actually, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for another week. Stay in touch, please, with us both on Twitter and Instagram, at keys. And, and you have to spell it A N D, Keys and Gray Pod, on email at Keys and Gray, the podcast at gmail.com. Thought, please, as I've said, and uh, anything that you would like to say that is of a positive nature, we would be delighted to receive. I will see you next week, my friend. All right, have a safe journey back, son. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 